is the State of Combat Podcast on CBS Sports. All MMA, all the time for International Fight Week, UFC 239. Happy 4th to y'all. It's your boy, BC, Brian Campbell, fresh off UFC Ultimate Media Day. The Brandon Wise, Brando Commando, the B-dubs sitting next to me in my hotel room, folks. Fired up, ready to bring you some premium audio, some big-time interviews. Brando, first of all, how are you holding up on your debut trip to Sin City? My back is on fire. I just wanted to like get to somewhere to sit down after media day because we did a lot of standing with you doing a lot more talking than me, which was really great because we got some great content out of today. We got some great interviews for the fans that are, I think, is going to fire some people up. Yeah, for the fans, he says. For the fans. For the fans. Uh, look, the the we're not going to you know uh, bury the lead at all. We've got John Jones and Rashad Evans, Sugar, of this podcast fame, of UFC Hall of Fame fame, getting on the mic each other, really detailing the history of their friendship, which was blood brother teammates to mortal enemies ahead of UFC 145, to repairing and patching it back up heading into this weekend. Here, John, give you an honest take on their matchup, on Rashad's true legacy as one of the all-time greats. Really good back and forth. And it doesn't end there, B-dubs. We're talking to everybody one-on-one from Holly Holm to Ben Askren, Luke Rockhold, Jan Blauchitz, if, if you I butch- you got it wrong butchered again. it again, all right? <laughs> the, uh, the great Uriah Faber, on and on. I mean, who else we got? Gilbert Melendez coming at you. We got a lot of sound here to get you fired up for this card and even more. Am I missing any names? Yeah, an Arnold Allen in there, I think. Yeah, the Almighty from 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 Britain. We've got um oh Mr. Faber's young prospect from China. Yeah, go ahead and say his name. I will. You'll hear it later <laughs> on this show. We got some big time audio coming for you. But look, you've you've seen our content UFC two thirty nine. If you need more, and I know you do, head on over to CBS Sports slash MMA. All of our preview content coming your way. Pre fight features. Check out. Our full preview we did earlier this week on the State of Combat podcast, really hitting you with every matchup, back and forth. Rashad Evans sitting in with us. You can check out that as well on YouTube, our video version. And while I'm pimping ourselves, I mean, we might as well check out the exclusive we had with Amanda Nunez in the feature on whether she is the GOAT, what could be next for her in the future after Holly Holm. Be wise. Um, look, it's International Fight Week. That means things to a lot of people. It's a holiday week. Vegas buzzing right now. It's crazy. I I mean, I told you yesterday, I got sensory overload just walking around here because (laughs) I've never been to Vegas, seeing all these bright lights everywhere you go. I didn't realize everything was indoors like this. I thought I was doing a lot more walking outside, but yeah, dude, the buzz. Bro, who's walking outside in 104 degree weather? Come on. (laughs) Well, there was an earthquake today, too, that they didn't tell us about. I love it. Everywhere we go, we're like, hey, how are you feeling? How's the earthquake? What earthquake? I didn't remember this. (laughs) But yeah, the buzz in this place is crazy. The fans were going nuts at open workouts yesterday, yelling at media members to sit down so they could see. It was just, <laughs> it was a crazy madhouse. Yeah, a couple of nuggets that we can take from that, from the, the questions and answers, from the movements. Um, first of all, what jumps out at me, Tiago Santos, who gets his first title shot against John Jones. It's a big MFer, and then that guy hits the pads. I know it's just the pads. Wow, brother. It makes you want to run over to that sports book. And, uh, you know, I know he's what, a plus 600? 500. John's minus 900 at the moment. Uh, did that idea of a puncher's chance, did it go any further after seeing him work out? It might have for me. Um, there might be a little bit of uh, wagers in place, if you will. Um, I 
to be honest, man, I knew Tiago had power. But until you see it like that, until you actually can hear what's going on. Until you feel it, the vibrations. They're good like sun-kissed. Many want to know who done this. I'm Marky Mark, and I'm here to move you. That's what I was feeling, right? Man, that guy has so much power. And we talked about it earlier in the week. If he catches John clean, I don't know if John is standing still. You know? Like, it's one of those things where his power, it might not be transcendent power, like Francis Ngannou that we talk about, but... Dude, if if John is exposed at any point, which is going to be tough for him to be exposed, he can catch him and he can knock him out. Yeah, something we talked with Rashad about off camera and on is like, if there's one fighter who can, let's say John gets tagged early, doesn't go down, who can win a fight boring if he needs to. I mean, revisit Jones OSP from 2016 if you need to, but... John's got the 84 and a half inch reach advantage we always talk about. He's smart enough and efficient enough that if he doesn't want this to be a fun fight, he can win it boring if he has to. But man, I think I undersold even Tiago Santos coming in. I mean, seven and one in the last two full years, three straight knockouts. It's going to be interesting. John, though, during the media day, I'm sorry, during the, the open workout had some interesting quotes. He says, look, Tiago might be too muscle bound for a five round fight. John talked about how the last time he carried too much muscle himself was that OSP fight, and he blamed that in part for his somewhat sluggish performance, although he largely dominated that fight. John said he's as lean as ever, and he says if this fight goes past two rounds, it's going to completely play into his hands from the idea of a st- you know stamina side. And I mean, that makes a ton of sense. Look, anybody, especially a finisher like Tiago Santos, you go in there against the greatest of all time, John Jones, if you don't win it early. I mean, it's like when we used to watch all those Mayweather boxing fights. It's like, man, if you don't get to him in the first two, he's going to figure out it's going to be a long night and the electricity is going to get sucked out of the building. But that's kind of the point, though, right? Is like we've talked about that being the case for Santos. Like what in what way is Santos going to actually try and out technique John Jones, the quote unquote greatest mixed martial arts fighter of all time? Even ATT's own Dan Lambert was saying the same thing. He's like, why would Tiago go in there and try to do that? He's going to go in there and try to take his head off. You know, shout out to Dan Lambert, who you saw in his first class seat on the flight <laughs> from Miami, wearing the U T-shirt. He's all about the U, man. Right. Don't get it wrong. Hey, uh, I'm fired up, of course, for this co-main event. We've been talking about it all week. Amanda Nunes, Holly Holm. From talking to Holm, though, and from watching her comments at the open workout, I mean, there's no shortage of confidence. I mean, obviously, she's been here before. She's upset Ronda Rousey, but I liked her choice of words. She said, "This is not going to be an upset." For my team and I when we win this. And if you're somebody who feels like it's an upset to you, get ready to be shocked. Get ready to be upset because I'm coming for that title. And I mentioned it before. She's 38, but she's getting better. I mean, Brandon, you're going to hear in the interview today when I ask her, what's the difference between Holly Holm in 2015 and Holly Holm now? She says it's night and day. Yeah, I could see that. It's just like, this is a little bit different than the Rousey fight, right? Like, Ronda Rousey, we all knew going into that fight, she's one-dimensional. She had the Gracie vibe where I got the armbar, that's all I got. And when she got baited into a brawl, it ended very poorly. Yeah, head movement not there. Shout out, by the way, to uh, the great Edmund who we saw today at Media Day. But Amanda Nunes is a much more complete fighter. She has the wrestling game if she needs to fall back on it. She's got the strong hands if she needs to, if she wants to stay, keep this as a brawl. So... You can say that about it not being shocking from Holly Holmes' perspective, but if she is able to beat Amanda Nunes on Saturday, that is going to be shocking. Because, like we've talked about all week and in the last few months, Amanda is the greatest women's mixed martial artist of all time, currently. 
to this day, Brian. Wow, Deontay. Is, okay, Deontay. She is the greatest women's MMA fighter ever because she's beaten her. She's beaten everybody. So if she's able to win on Saturday, it'll only add to her resume. But if Holly wins, it is an upset. It's going to be interesting because I cannot imagine Holly Holm being stopped. We've never seen it in MMA, but I never would imagine Cyborg getting stopped in just over a minute against Amanda Nunez. So, look, I feel like this one could go deep. If, if there's an over-under, I think you bet the over, I think. But I want to see if Holly Holm can do something different that she couldn't do to Cyborg that Nunez hasn't seen. Look, I love that fight. I'm fired up for it. So this is what we talked about earlier in the day, you and me, right? Was that if this does go deep, if this does get into the fourth and fifth round, are we talking about an all-time great women's MMA well, fight it here? depends because um, we've seen Holly Holm in deep water against Jermaine Durandamy and uh, not an all-time great fight, bro. And look, I, like, I actually really like the Cyborg fight. That was a good fight. Cyborg inflicted damage. Holm made adjustments, made it somewhat of a tactical fight. But that wasn't a classic either. I think the more boring it gets, the better the preacher's daughter that's fares. That's that's true. I agree with you on that. Were you impressed at all in the media day? I'm sorry, in the uh, open workout? Like, how absurdly beloved Holly Holm is? Like, you can make the case or not that she's still living the large off that one win against Ronda Rousey. And it is kind of more true than false, but... She's almost immortal from that. People love them some Holly Holm. Yeah. And it's, I mean, from all the people that were there at Media Day, or at Open Workout, right, it was probably her and John Jones that got the biggest pop of the six people that were there. Shout out to Albuquerque. Are you going to go with that Albuquerque parlay? That's all you, man. I already got my parlay in place. We don't need to talk about that. Uh, we don't know. We don't, we don't. <laughs> Look, of all the seven deadly sins or more, I'm sure they found an eighth in Vegas, okay? <laughs> you know, the only thing I'm going for is gluttony so far. Good Lord, the carbs. You have, you just yeah. ate a three-piece of bread sandwich for some reason, oh, and you wow. don't want to move anymore. All right. Well, we got a gluttony of sound coming your way. You're going to love this John Jones and Rashad Evans interview, The Brotherhood. They are back on great terms. You're going to hear all about that. And just a reminder, Holly Holm, Luke Rockhold talking DMs, Jan Blachowicz talking about how Luke Rockhold is not a good person and he plans on hurting because of that. And on and on. Enjoy the sound coming your way. Get fired up for UFC 239 from Las Vegas. Your boy BC, your boy B-dubs, Rashad Evans, and more all week on CBS Sports, HQ, SOC Pod, and then some. Oh yeah, coming your way right now after this break from a word from our friends and sponsors. Enjoy. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Two old rivals will share the marquee in International Fight Week once again this week when Sugar Rashad Evans headlines Friday's Hall of Fame class and the greatest of all time, John Jones, headlines UFC 239. Guys, it's been a long time since UFC 145 when we went across from each other here. How do you feel about this man, man. facing immortality? Man, dude, I, uh, facing immortality, listening. Hall of Fame for life, brother. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I'm so happy for Rashad, man. I, I don't think it could go to a better person. 
Our son's been an ambassador, a great ambassador of our sport for so many years. He's one of my uh, original mentors, one of the guys that I've looked up to for a very long time. And uh, I'm honored to do anything uh, associated with Rashad. Okay, I love the respect here. Rashad and I do a podcast together on CBS Sports. I just assumed maybe there was still bad blood between you guys. He says, full circle. We're like brothers now. Yeah, 1,000%, dude. Me and Rashad, way before uh, the the idea of coming uh, to us about fighting each other, uh, we, we were always cool, man. We've had many dinners together. We've gone out together. Rashad sat me down and talked to me about taxes, talked to me about... <laughs> About, you know, living in Albuquerque, it's craziness, the, the dangerous things to look out for. And, uh, and I'll always hold very, uh, a very, uh, uh, you know, Rashad will always be holding a very special place in my, in my life, in my heart. And, you know, he's a man, dude. He's, Rashad, he's how, a man in the man. How hard is it, guys, to go through that when you're paired against each other, former teammates break apart one of the biggest selling pay-per-views in UFC history? And you gotta kind of hate one another. What's that like, man? It, it, it was hard at the time, you know. Uh, I remember how emotionally it was for me, even when we fought. I remember the first time that we even hit each other. We first locked up. I just felt like a wave of exhaustion. We just both looked like kind of like <sighs> took a deep breath, you know, because it was so much emotion into that fight. But you know, working through that whole fight, having a whole fight happen, it was a lot of it was a big healing process in the whole thing, you know. And um, you know, going through the whole fight process, I got to get chance to meet his mom and Noah's mom and. You know, that relationship was something that was special to me because every single time I got to see his mom, you know, his late mom, she would uh, she would always speak to me. Rashad, you know you don't walk by without saying hi to me. <laughs> and she'd always make me give her that respect. So, you know, it, it, it was something special to me. And I'm just like, you know what, man, I got I got so much love for your son. And we just started, uh, we just always would talk. But uh, it was always about John. What was John. the turning point that brought you guys back home together? Uh, you know, I, th- I think I saw Rashad uh, backstage at one of the fights. And, uh, and I just went up to him and I was just like, hey, man, I was just like, yeah, I hope, man, you were always cool, man. I was like, at the end of the day, Rashad, I got mad love for you. Like I, like I just got done saying, um, I just remember a lot of the conversations we had uh, when he was more of a, in a mentor role. And uh, and I just wanted to let him know I didn't forget any of that stuff, man. And I was just like, I was like, we good, man? He was like, he was like man, of course we're good, John. I think we, we hugged it out. Yeah, we I did. think there's pictures of it uh, somewhere online. And uh, it was just a beautiful moment. And I think at the end of the day, um, First of all, there's not many African-American men in this sport. So I think that it's important for us to have a line of communication and at least, you know, always support each other um, as black men. And uh, when you develop a friendship, it's bigger than a sport. You know, at the end of the day, I want to be able to have uh, Rashad call me in the future or I can call Rashad in the future and say, hey, I got this uh, this charity event. You know, will you donate to it or will you call me, show up and sign autographs or, or hey, John, I got a gym opening or a restaurant opening. Will you come to it? And, uh, and show your support. And I want to always, you know, keep that line of communication open with him while we uh, just support each other well into the years that we retire. All right. You fought John in the middle of his murderer's row when he took out that golden era of the light heavyweight division. This man did go the distance. Respect, respect. Yeah, he did. No, it wasn't a respect thing. I wanted to take a shot out. <laughs> uh, those elbows just wasn't working on it. You know I mean, <laughs> I mean they, they, they worked a bit. They worked a bit. I still... <laughs> No, My eye was looking like Goonie Goo Goo for about two weeks after that. <laughs> I tried, man. You know, people, a lot of people ask me that question. I was like, man, you know, was it respect that kept Rashad fighting? I was like, no, it was Rashad Evans kept Rashad fighting, man. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a worthy champion, man. He's always going to be a champion. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I gave him my best, man. I, I was, it was my first real rivalry. 
I like I dreamt about the fight. I did all the extra things I could do to win the fight. I did a lot of studying, and uh, I brought him my absolute best at the time, and uh, and and he still made it a good fight. Now, Rashad's always an honest guy and talks. He says the only time he went to that octagon feeling scared, doubting himself, was against this man's 84 and a half inch reach. I mean, that's the truth. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, inside the octagon, it was the first time I really felt that there was another level that I need to go. And I think it was like somewhere through like the middle of the fight, I'm just like, I'm outmatched. I'm just going to take this. I'm just going to take this like a man, you know? But, but you know, I, um, it, it, it's, it's something I began to see more and more, John, you know, throughout how he's competed against all his opponents. You know, John has always been able to be able to see and start off at a certain pace, but then pick it up throughout the fight. And then by the end of the fight, his opponent's like, damn, this guy's at another level, you know? And I think... That's what makes John Jones, John Jones. Well, John Jones is the GOAT here. As we close, what's this man's legacy? You shared a, uh, a cage with him. You've shared many a practice sessions with him. What well, can this man die one day knowing happy he did it? He did it in the sport. Well, um, at this point, he is by far the hardest person. Uh, to ever, he, he's giving me the hardest punch that I've ever felt. Um, I, that overhand right that he caught me with, it was the same overhand right that knocked out Chuck Liddell. And uh, I remember wobbling back, and I did some type of weird foot motion, <laughs> trying to get my bearings together. Uh, to this day, no one's ever hit me as hard as Rashad Evans hit me with his overhand right. Um, and as far as legacy, man, you know, Rashad's Rashad, man. He's, he's one of the first guys uh, to teach us how to dress in the UFC. Um, he was one of the first guys that just brought the idea of being, like, a brand to the UFC. I think before, I mean, it was like Rashad and George kind of just, like, realizing that you're more than just a fighter, you're a brand. You know, speak well, dress well. You know, that's one of the pioneers of that. Um, UFC champion, great representative of the sport, well spoken, just just a class act. Setting new standards in haircut game too, right yeah, now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> great father, great friend, great mentor, great oh, teammate. Man. Oh man, man come on now. Full circle here. No, no, I mean, should, no, I, no. should I keep going? Should I keep going? <laughs> All love on this side. We'll see you, of course, UFC 239 against Diago Santos. Maybe you can tie that UFC record for most championship wins. This guy's resume getting pretty sick. Man, thank you guys so much for the support, man. Make sure you guys watch UFC 239 July 6th. It's going to be a good one. Tiago Santos, UFC 239, your first title shot. We've seen John Jones clean out this division twice. What makes you different for Saturday night? Mais rápido do que os meio pesados, é, eu tenho um poder de nocaute muito grande e eu tenho golpes diferenciados que podem surpreendê-lo a qualquer momento. Uh, I'm faster than the normal lightweight guys. Uh, have uh, different kinds of movements than I can show there, and uh, my powerful too. John Jones told the media this week, "This is the first fight week he hasn't felt nervous." Do you, what does that say to you? What do we say again? This is the first fight week John Jones hasn't felt nervous. É, não tá, que o John Jones não tá nervoso. O que, que que representa isso para você? A luta que, que ele não tá nervoso. Nada, eu não me preocupo com, com da maneira que ele tá. O importante é que eu tô bem tranquilo e focado para o próximo sábado. I don't care if John Jones think. I'm focused for Saturday night. A lot of people are already willing to call John Jones the greatest of all time at age 31, the GOAT. What is your opinion on that? John Jones é o tipo o cara extraordinário, né? O que que você acha a respeito disso? Ah, John Jones é um, é um excelente lutador, é um grande campeão, mas eu tô indo sábado lá para mostrar que eu sou melhor do que ele para conquistar esse cinturão. 
John Jones is incredible fight, a great champion. But Saturday I'm gonna show uh, I'm I'm better. Then I'm gonna get that belt. How do you beat John Jones? Como você vai ganhar dele? Estou preparado para fazer cinco rounds, para fazer uma guerra, mas eu vou buscar um nocaute. I'm prepared for five rounds, but I'm gonna get the, the knockout for sure. In closing, how much have you imagined that moment of them raising your hand, saying "and the new" and that title around your waist? Como é que você se imagina escutando e o novo campeão e o cinturão no seu ah, incrível. Eu imagino isso a todo tempo. É, eu mentalizo isso e isso vai se concretizar no sábado. Incredible. I mentalize it all the time and it's going to happen on Saturday. Thiago Santos, best of luck to you. Sorry? Melhor sorte para você. Boa sorte. Thank you so much, Abushan. Yes. And you saw on Twitter, Jorge told us at CBS Sports, he wants to end your bloodline on Saturday. Uh, do you want to get into that? I can't believe CBS would air, uh, air uh, you know, something so crazy. Uh, and I already have three kids, so he's screwed. You got the surgery already? He, this is this is a lost cause for him? It's a lost, and I wear a cup that's very hard to penetrate. So, yeah, I think he's screwed. All right, talk about the dislike. There's a lot of trash talk going back and forth. Do you have real dislike for George? No. I'm, I'm fairly indifferent to him. We, we see you squeezing watermelons and popping them on social media. How tough of a matchup is this going to be considering his ground skills on Saturday? I think he's good. I just don't think he's good enough. As simple as that. There's a lot of uncertainty in the welterweight division. I'm curious yeah. to get your thoughts. How do you think it's going to play out the rest of the year? I think I'm going to get a title shot. Really by, soon. By the end of the year? Yes, November, specifically. Because I don't know your opinion in the both main fights of the start. Amanda against Oh, it's a tough one. I, I think that would go either way. I think Amanda's great. Holly's also really hard to hit, and that's something Amanda, um, you know, Amanda has gotten tired in fights before. So if, if you want to identify a weakness with her, that's it. They believe she's the, the, big, the greatest of the whole time. That's why you basically agree. Amanda? Yeah, I think she's the GOAT in females, for sure. What about Jones and Thiago Santos? I think Jones by a, a wide margin. Is he the GOAT in your opinion, too? That one's tough because he has such a checkered uh, checkered history with USADA. I think if you take USADA out of the picture and say he never had those tests, I think the answer to that is yes. With those tests, I, I think it's very murky territory. There was incredible anticipation ahead of your US, UFC debut against Lawler. What kind of statement do you think you made with that performance? Uh, I think it was a very exciting, interesting fight. I think I was able to figure out a way to get a win even when things didn't go my way early. I think it's a great quality, and I wasn't really concerned about what type of statement it made. How badly were you hurt? Uh, I thought I was fine the whole time. I mean, other people might think otherwise, but, you know, when I got slammed and then I was getting punched because my arm was trapped underneath me, it was just like, okay, I just need to get back to my I need to get back to my back and get my wrist free, and I was able to do that. And then after that, I was able to get up and get him against Cage and get the takedown and secure the choke. When it comes to the idea of who gets the next welterweight title shot, do you think it who looks better between you and Masvidal? And Covington and Lawler in August? No, I think I'm getting the next title shot. What gives you that confidence? I just feel it. You feel it? Feel it. You feel it from backroom conversations? No, I don't have. I don't talk to Dana. I just showed my last, my last text was March 16th. So uh, no, I just feel it. If you win, do you think your haircut starts to take on life around the world? It already has. Uh, I, you know, I've popularized this uh, haircut, and my hair is very short and tame compared to what it used to be. But uh, a lot of wrestlers go with the, the long afro. Does it have a name? No. A white, white guy afro? How about the sperm perm? 
Oh, man, you're offending me. I don't, I don't know what to say to that. Ben, I've got to ask you, we've been talking to Jorge oh, this sorry. week, and he's basically said that fans are coming up to him and saying that they don't just want him to beat you, they want him to harm you. Are you feeling that kind of reaction from the fans? What do you have to say to that? Uh, George hangs out with a really delinquent crowd, so <laughs> I think maybe he's uh, finding some of those people. Look, we haven't seen your face off yet. We're going to in just a short while because he wasn't at the... Are you excited for it? I'm excited for it. What, what are you expecting? I think he's going to puff his chest out and you know yell and scream and act really tough. Are you looking out for that three-piece in the soda? Uh, I think the UFC will be smart enough <laughs> to make sure that doesn't happen. Okay, thank you. I hope. I want to take you back to December. We spoke backstage at the okay. UFC Walker yeah. card, and I asked you what your goal was for 2019. Yeah. And you were you cut me off and said, I will be the 165-pound champion by the end of 2019. Is that now off the table? I don't mind? think it's totally off the table yet. Uh We'll see what happens after that, that uh, September 7th card with uh, Khabib. The ageless wonder Uriah Faber back from the UFC Hall of Fame, back from retirement next Saturday night. You'll be back on the card in Sacramento against Ricky Simone. How are you feeling about this idea? Man, I feel great. I, uh, I mean, the fight life is a tough life, absolutely. <clears throat> and uh, you get reminded of that as soon as you get back in the mix on a full-time purpose like go. Of course, being in the gym every day is one thing. Being present at practice is another thing, but actually getting in practice and mixing it up, uh, it's tough on the body and cutting weight and everything else. It's, it's been, uh, you know, it's a love-hate relationship. I, I definitely love the process and, and enjoy a lot of things about it, but you're also getting beat up. So um, I'm excited, man. You're not coming back against, quote-unquote, an old name that you can make a fun fight against. You're going in there against a hungry young guy who has a bright future. Tell me about the, the, the choice in picking Simone as an opponent. Well, I don't pick my opponent, so they af- they actually offered me uh, Cron Gracie first as the main event at 145 pounds, and um, you know that sounded interesting. Uh, he he didn't end up wanting the fight, and and in all reality, if I want to be most competitive, it's at 135 pounds, and I had kind of prepped for that with a grappling match where I was making 145 first, and and. Uh, and so there's a couple other names, but at the end of the day, aside from the guys that are on my team or suspended, uh, there aren't like a massive, you know, massive names unless I want to jump up a weight. And I've done that before in the past. So I, I like a hungry kid that I, that I respect. I, I like him as an, as a fighter, as an individual. He actually came and trained with us about six years ago. And I remember him as a person, not as his training per se. And, uh, it's gonna be a tough fight, man. Very tough fight. What brings you back the most? I'm sure the answer in the end is a little bit of everything. Nice paychecks, challenge yourself. But really, what's the one thing that drives you back into the cage? Just following my heart. You know, when, when I start thinking that I want to fight and I'm getting the itch to fight, uh, it's the same reason why I stopped when I was trying to find the motivation. I actually got ex- super excited for the last fight. It was, you know, going out as a retirement fight in my hometown, the first one in the new arena. And for me, it's just about I do what I want. And uh, right now I feel like I want to fight. All right, the time away, you became a father for the first time. Congratulations. How much did that time do mentally to rewire you, to, to rebuild you to come back? Um, I've, I've never had trouble getting motivated, but having a, a brand-new baby that's looking at you every day is definitely a different type of purpose and different type of motivation. And, and so... Um, you know, it's, it's different. It really is. And, and I don't necessarily think it's, it's going to give me super, superhuman powers, but as far as getting me motivated and making me want to fight, uh, I think probably has something to do with it. 
If you get your hand raised in Sacramento against Ricky Simone and you're back, are we going to hear a little bit of TJ Dillashaw, get your ish together in the post-fight interview? <laughs> you know, it's, it's so, I, I get asked about TJ Dillashaw probably more than anyone else, and I had to put my phone and ignore media for like a week and a half after he got busted. Um, and I finally made some comments about it. But at the end of the day, Henry Cejudo just called me out. You know, he's one of the best fighters on the planet, Olympic champion, two-time UFC champion. To get yourself revved up, fighting someone who may be one of the best ever is a, is a very exciting proposition. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. TJ's still a year and a half out. Um, I'll be 41 and a half at the time. Who knows? I don't know if I'll be reverse aging at that time, but uh, probably not. Mr. Faber, as the great Saints Northcutt would, would, would tell you, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck on the comeback in Sacramento. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the fights. All right, Holly Holm, UFC 239. So much talk heading into your matchup with Amanda Nunez about her being the GOAT. Sport, still really young. How comfortable are you, are, are you with people saying that about Amanda? I know I'm up against a very tough opponent. I know that, I know what her accomplishments are. I know what she's been able to do. Um, but she hasn't faced me yet, and that's what's different. Um, you know, there's a reason why we're set up for this fight because I'm ranked right there. She's the champ. I'm the I'm the challenger, and you never know what's going to happen. And I'm here for the victory. For your career, you've had so much success instantly upon your arrival to UFC. It's almost as if you're growing and learning on the job. How different of a fighter are you today from 2015 against Ronda Rousey? Oh, I'm a completely different fighter today, you know, and I, I, that's exactly how I felt in this job as, you know, my first training camp, I literally only trained eight weeks for my first MMA fight, uh, eight weeks of like just practicing get-ups. <laughs> and I just went into the fight thinking, if you go down, you better get up. And I knew that it would be on the fast track because of my boxing uh, background, and I knew that. So I didn't have that many MMA fights before I got in the UFC. And getting in the UFC, uh, I say I knew I, I knew my career would be on the fast track. And I only had two fights in the UFC before I faced Ronda. So, yes, at that point I had had experience under me, and I had the best coaches to help me catch up. But that was still in 2015. It's 2019. I didn't even start grappling until I was 29. So that was half of my MMA career ago, basically. You know, so, yes, I've, I've completely learned a lot and completely become a different fighter than I was in 2015. You made the comment during workouts that Amanda Nunez is facing you, and you're not Shevchenko. You're not Tate. You're not any of these. How different of a matchup for Amanda is it against you for what the skills you bring to the table? I'm just a completely different fighter. That's all there is to it. I'm not the same fighter. And that doesn't, that's not saying that they aren't great. It's just I'm different. I'm different than them, so it makes a different fight. And that's why people love to watch fights. It's too people at their best just up against each other and you never know what's going to happen it's honestly i think that's why people love to watch fighting it's a sport that will never die it doesn't get old people there's always someone coming in with a big upset there's always somebody that's maybe going to be reigning you have someone like floyd mayweather in boxing who's never lost and then you have people who are up and down in other sports but it doesn't matter every time they get in there anybody has a puncher's chance and it could be the last it could be the last you know punch right before the end of the bell, and everything can change. Finally, when you look at this challenge of Amanda, in some ways you can compare her game and style to Chris Cyborg, who you went the distance against. Is there anything you can learn from that experience that you can use against Amanda? I think the only thing that I learned uh, from that experience is, yeah, we can go hard for five rounds. 
uh, I want it to be cleaner. I want it to be better. I want to perform better. I want to do better. All those things. But, uh, you know, the, the fight with Cyborg was a five round battle and it's just a constant reminder that I still love this sport and no matter what happens, I'm in there with the grit and I know I've got the heart. Um, but really, I don't really like to compare too much. I want to be just focused on what I'm going to do in this fight. Best of luck Saturday. Thanks so much. Thank you. UFC 239 fight week with the most eligible bachelor in America, the male model Luke Rockhold. But we're talking serious here. We're talking a move to 205, your debut against Jan Blokowicz. What's it like not having to cut down that hard this week? Life's good. In and out burger? <clears throat> not quite going in and out burger, but uh, there will be. There will be on Sunday. You can most definitely a little catering of In and Out Burger. No. Get the, you know, DC can keep his chickens, Popeyes, I'll take my In and Out Burger. <laughs> I'll, uh, you know, I feel good. And that's what fighting's all about. Feeling good and fighting good. And, uh, I get to focus on fighting, not cutting weight. And it's, it's brought back some life to me, this whole camp. And, and, uh, I'm ready to fight and ready to show it. I know you don't want to look too far ahead, but your name being added to the 205 pool, which is a shallow one, if we're being honest. John Jones at the top, a lot of young names, a lot of everybody else. A lot of the narrative this week with John Jones main eventing this card, will this be his last dance at 205 for you? Are you hoping not? I'm focused on me. That's all that really matters. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to put myself at the in the elite category of the light heavyweights and put myself in line for the to fight the best. How different do you expect to look, feel, style-wise at 205 pounds? These some big boys in there. Some big boys. I'm a big boy. Skills translate no matter what in the end? They, light heavyweights don't have skill. I have skill. I have technique. I have power. I have everything and more to bring to this division that it doesn't have. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in there. I'm going to implement it. I'm going to put it on them, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make them guess at every point, and then I'm going to put them away. All right, my podcast colleague, the great Sugar Rashad Evans, your friend, going into the Hall of Fame this weekend. Got any embarrassing stories we can share with the people about the great Rashad? Embarrassing stories. You know, I, I don't know about embarrassing at the moment. You know, one of the first times I met Rashad back in the Strike Force Challenger days, Rashad is just a, uh, he's a character and he, and he comes forward and, and, uh, he's like a little Photoshop queen back in the day. You know, he, he would Photoshop just about anybody and everybody he could. And that, that was, uh, my initial interaction with, with Rashad. He, he came on and tried to break the ice real quick back in the Strike Force days. And so. Well, he's been a champion of yours this week saying you're not only going to get the win, but people will see a new Luke Rockhold at 205 where if you ever thought chin issues were a problem, not having to cut that weight will be a major difference for you. Is that true? I'm here to fight. The weight's going to play a factor. It's going to feel good, and it's not going to feel good for them. How are the DMs doing these days? <clears throat> I hear it goes down there. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm old. I'm, I'm whatever. All right, we'll roll on from that. The, the, the challenge is Jan Blockowitz, a, tr you know, a, a veteran, a tough out. What kind of fight are you expecting on Saturday? I'm, ex I'm expecting a fight. I'm focused on myself. I'm not really worried about Jan. Focused on what I'm going to do. I'm going to execute. I'm going to put him in a bad place. I'm going to finish him. If you do that with your name, with your history as a former UFC champion, are we talking title shot right away? Is that part of the deal here? Who else is there? What else is there? I'm fighting 
I fight. I came here. No one would fight me in the top few. So Jan is the only guy who stepped up, top five, six, wherever he is. I'm going to go put this man away. I'm going to put myself at the very top. All right. One of your most vicious rivals of all time, Michael Bisping. They still play the sound bites of you two tearing each other up. He's going into the hall this weekend. Congrats to him. But do you still hold a little grudge and say, maybe you wouldn't go in there? Maybe you wouldn't have if it wasn't for that fateful night? Bisping knows he got lucky. He can run away into the sunset. He had a good career. Good for him. Shoe off. Let's go. Check this man out in the pages of, I don't know, you're, being, you're modeling everywhere, but you'll be modeling Saturday night, UFC 239. Best of luck in your move up to 205. Thank you. Thank you very much. UFC 239, and I'm going to pronounce this correctly, Jan Bojovich. Yes. Going Perfect. to face Perfect. Luke Rockhold and Rockhold's 205 debut. You ready to welcome him to the new weight class? Ready like, like never. Yes, <laughs> I will welcome him really, really hard. I saw the stare down between the two of you today during Ultimate Media Day. Looked a little testy. What was going on there? Uh, he says some stupid shit, you know. He always says stupid shit, so... If he have to say something, he, he, he say that and that's it. I don't care. It's easy to call Luke Rockhold a pretty boy. He's a handsome man. He does modeling on the side. So you think I'm not handsome? Well, you know, that's, wow. I mean, they pay me to ask the questions, not judge this. Is he a real fighter, though, in your eyes? Is this a good move for him to go up to light heavyweight? We will see in Saturday. Uh, uh, we'll see. He's a good fighter. Yeah. He's he's great fighter, but uh, I think his personality he is not good, you know. Uh, he's just bad people, bad men. That's it. But, and I, I learned him respect in Saturday. Why is he a bad man? He's rude. <laughs> Maybe a little arrogant? He, yeah, arrogant. He, he thinks that he's better for, or, you know, he, he's got his fancy style, you know. He play golf in Saturday, drink his fancy drinks. I think my cheapest beer in Poland is, uh, tastes better than his, you know, fancy drinks. <laughs> uh, that's it. You know, he, he just thinks that he's better because I don't know why, you know? Okay, okay, you're going to put these big guns on him Saturday night. This division is kind of reloading. We got John Jones at the top. Then it's a fight to tr for everyone else to try to make their name. Why are you different? Why are you going to get through Luke Rockhold on Saturday? Uh, sorry, can you try? <laughs> I, I don't understand. What, separate, what makes you different than everybody else at light heavyweight? Ah, because I'm from Poland, you know. We've got uh, heart like uh, nobody else in the world. What's your prediction for Saturday's main event in your division, John Jones, Tiago Santos? It's going to be a hard night for Tiago, but I believe that he can shock the world. Wow. wow. If he does shock the world, you're going to call him up say, I'm ready? I'm here? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> this guy pulls no punches, and I even got the name correctly. Jan Bojowicz in the house, 205, Saturday night, UFC 239. Best of luck to you, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Reborn at welterweight, it's Michael Chiesa, two UFC 239 against the legend Diego Sanchez. I was going to ask you how you're feeling. Now I want to ask about this haircut. <laughs> High and tight. I didn't see this coming. I feel good. I'm a new man. This is a new me. You know what I mean? I feel good, man. It's uh, I, I really am enjoying this this welterweight life. You know what I mean? It's it's This fight week's been a lot smoother, a lot easier, not only for myself, but for my team. You know, it's pretty taxing on everybody, those those cuts down to 155, so... uh. It just feels good to actually be enjoying every moment of this fight week. And uh, I, I feel bad when, I, when I'd be going through the cuts. I'd be sitting on that chair with my head down, giving short answers, kind of being a dick. You know, so I'm now like... You're standing up, you're moving yeah, around? Yeah, I feel good, you know what I mean? So I'm just really excited. That's great to hear. Great to hear. You looked like a million bucks against Carlos Condit in December. 
cardio was there. The aggressiveness was there. Is that a message to everyone else at 170? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, as I've, as I've grown in the sport and I've gotten older, I've, I've continued to get bigger and I attribute that a lot to my strength conditioning and I just had to quit fighting. I just had to accept the fact that I'm not a lightweight anymore. I got to move up and now I just feel like a better version of myself. I mean, we saw some good fights out of me at lightweight. I feel like we're going to see just the best version of myself going forward. I'm glad I made the decision while I'm still in my prime. I'm 31 years old. And in MMA years, you know, that's not that old. You know, I still got my best years ahead of me. And I'm just excited to put on exciting fights for the fans. I'm excited to move towards title contention. I got, I do have a tall order ahead of me on Saturday night, but I do, I'm fit for the bill, man. I'm ready to go out there and get the job done for Let's sure. Let's talk about that grizzled veteran, Diego Sanchez. One of his great fights against Clay Guido will go into the hall on Friday night. You want to make another one with him on Saturday? Look, this is my opinion on the whole fight of the night thing is I don't ever go into a fight looking to have a fight of the night. I like performance of the night. I like to go out there, pitch a shutout, get a dominant win. Um, but if it happens, I welcome it. I've been in fight of the night plenty of times before. Um, I think I have two fight of the night bonus, two or three. You know what I mean? It's, it's, you know, you, you know, you can go into that type of scenario when you can't remember how many fight of the nights you won. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, it, I'm looking to go pitch a, sh- pitch a shutout, be dominant. But if, if it goes that way, I'm, I'm ready. I'm fit for the bill. I'm ready to go. Um, you know, and I'm, I, congratulations to him getting inducted into the hall of fame. He deserves it. I'm sure this won't be the first time. You know, I could see him just as a fighter as a whole getting inducted in the Hall of Fame sooner or later. The ageless wonder, Diego Sanchez. Well, that's it. We call him the ageless wonder for a reason. He re- reinvents himself constantly. Right now, at what, 37 years old, he's coming off that win over Mickey Gall. He looked young again. He's adding jujitsu to the wrestling and the brawling. How do you kind of predict what version you're going to see of him? You can't predict what version of Diego Sanchez you're going to get. The guy is just a wild man. You know, we saw, we've seen him go into fights where it's on the feet, knockdown, drag out, brawl. We've seen him drag guys to the floor, maul him with ground and pound. We've seen a lot of different shades of Diego Sanchez. But the good thing is, is I'm well prepared. I had a great camp. I got a great team behind me, as always. And uh, I'm just ready for whatever he brings to the table. Who knows what he's going to do, but I'm ready for whatever, man. Uh, people, when they hear Michael Chiesa, they always think of the wars with Kevin Lee. And he talked about your mom that time. What was your mom's reaction to that? Ah, uh, she she wasn't a fan. You know what I mean. My mom's a really nice lady, and as a as a mama's boy, I'm here to defend her. You defended her honor well. Then. I sure done did, my man. <laughs> and she'll be there. She's got tickets. <laughs> all right, you leave a, a a all killer division at lightweight, but welterweight's kind of reshuffled the deck. There's a lot of big names: Ben Askren, Jorge Masvidal this weekend. I know Big Ben's over at my shoulder, so we don't want to insult him if you got Jorge. Yeah. But who you got? Uh, you know what? I fought Jorge Masvidal, and and we become good friends since. So. You always want to, you know, A, he's my friend. You always want your friends to win. And B, when somebody's beat you, you always want them to do good. It kind of shines good onto you as, as a fighter, you know. So uh, I think people are really underestimating Jorge Masvidal. The dude, is he's named Game Bread for a reason. The guy shows up. He fights. Um, Ben's going to have his hands full. This, this ain't going to be no walkthrough fight. It's going to be a tough fight for him. And I think, uh, I think Jorge, he's got the tools to get the job done. Can't wait to see that one. Can't wait to see you in the nightmare, Diego Sanchez, Saturday night, UFC 239. Best of luck to you, brother. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Don't tell this guy how to live, Greg. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. Hey, a legend in his own right in the MMA game, Gilbert Melendez, back this Saturday, UFC 239. It's been a while. It has been. All right. We know you've been doing some great work on TV with ESPN. Talk about this comeback, though. Yeah, I'm excited to be back. You know, I've... uh... I think after my last fight, I didn't like how it turned out, and I took some time off, and, um, you know, and uh, eventually the mats were calling, you know, the mat, mats were calling, started training again, and realized I, I still can compete, and, and here I am, man, I hit up Sean Shelby, I said, book me a fight, I think I'm ready to go, and uh, now it's now it's go time. 
had the same conversation today with Uriah Faber about the time away, what that does to you mentally, physically. How important is that in terms of rewiring and the machine and getting back ready? It, it is. I mean, it, it's, it's really important to just refocus and uh, realize why you're here. You know, I think I was a fighter at the beginning and then I became a little bit of a businessman and you, you have to be in the sport. But, um, you know, I'm just a fighter again right now. I'm just here to come here and fight. People are like, who's your opponent? You know, protect your brand, do this or, or what are you going to do next? Like just bringing the business into it right now. I'm not bringing anything except just the fight into it. I'm just here to fight a guy. You're on the elite level in the broadcasting game, of course. You ever get nervous in that field? Is there ever a time, you know, that red light gets pretty hot, those lights? Yeah, man, it's a great rush. You know, you feel that same rush of like, okay, we're on live TV. Here we go. Don't mess it up. You know, don't say something dumb. And, and, um, like I said, I'm a performer, man. You throw me out there. I'm, I'm going to go for it. Whether, whether it's, uh, you know, whether I knock it out the park or not, you know, if you ask me and you put me out there, I'm, I'm not going to freeze up. I'm going to, I'm going to go out there and, and go for it. Your opponent this Saturday, a youngster, the almighty they call him. Is it Arnold Allen from the UK, 5-0 and in the cage in the UFC? From the tape you've seen, what should we expect this weekend? Man, he's he's a young lion, dude. He comes out, he, he's very active, he moves around a lot. Um, but I think you're going to see a fight. You're going to see a fight. I'm going to bring a fight. Everyone's like, you know, what did you see? You studied tape. And yeah, I studied my tape, but I'm not really worried about what he's going to do. I'm, I'm going to do my fight. I'm going to do my fight. And, and, and when I fight, there's... It's, it's exciting and there's a, there's a scrap going on right here. No, no point contest. There's going to be a scrap going on. Oh my God, I love this. I love this. You get me fired me up because look, there's a man in this building right now. The great Diego Sanchez going into the Hall of Fame this weekend in terms of his super fight there with Clay Guida. We love the violence and we love the action. But when I heard that one was going in, I'm thinking, revisit his collaboration with Diego Sanchez. You might got screwed right there. Oh yeah, man. You know, Diego told me too. He's like, don't worry, man. Ours is next, dude. Ours is next. And he's a guy I talk to all the time and I have nothing but respect for that guy. Such a savage, you know, and what an opportunity to be able to lock horns with them in there. It was great. Uh, um, yeah, man, I think that one, come on now, come on now, you know, you know, we all know that should be in there already, dude, you, you know. You both came back to life from the dead in that fight multiple times. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I thought he was definitely not human at that time. I was like, this guy is not human, for sure. I hit him with everything I had, and he definitely isn't. He's definitely on another level. He's definitely on another level when it comes to being a human, right? When you look at what's next for you to finish out your career, what's left to accomplish? What's driving you? Yeah, man, I don't know if there is anything left to really accomplish. I've, I'm so proud of my accomplishments and everything here. You know, I'm not really fighting for so much of a compliment. Yeah, I guess I'm fighting for a great moment. You know, I have an opportunity here for another great moment to go down. But, you know, this is just this makes me feel alive. You know what I mean? Going in there and challenging myself, preparing for a fight, you know, uh, stepping onto mat, fighting in front of millions of people and and just like having the guts to do that, you know, and just just doing that feels freaking amazing afterwards, you know, and um you know, it's a good buzz and it's a good high that um, that I won't be able to have forever. I'm 37 years old. No doubt I'm on my fourth quarter of my career. So uh, so I'm going to go enjoy that high while I can. Well, it's a gift for the fans. It's a gift for you to feel that buzz once more. We wish you luck on Saturday against the almighty Alan Gilbert Melendez, a true legend in the game. Strike force gold one time around that waist. That's right. Thanks very much, guys. All right, the almighty Arnold Allen. I wanted to say Great Britain's next big thing, but you're trying to make a case for MMA's next big thing, brother. That's what I'd like, yeah. That sounds bad to me. You got a showcase opportunity Saturday, UFC 239, preliminary card main event against the veteran Gilbert Melendez. How big of an opportunity is this for you in your career? Yeah, it's a huge opportunity. It's, uh, it's everything I want, you know. It's everything I need, you know. This is what I need for my career to, to excel to the next level, to be up there with the, the big names, the big boys, and... A win here should put me in top 15, I think. I, I keep saying it. I, some people have said they don't know why I'm not, but I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I have to win this one. 
You're 5-0 and in the UFC, starting to make some noise in that featherweight division. If anybody watching this has not seen you, they're not woke to the almighty, what are they missing out on? I, I think I fight pretty exciting. I don't know. I thought my last one was pretty boring, but some people said otherwise. I always try and have an exciting fight. I always try to finish, and I, I try not to leave it a snooze fest. And Yeah, well, I try my best. What are we expecting against the veteran and Melendez? Been up and down the road before in his late 30s, had some good and bad performances mixed together. We're going to see a war? Hey, if it goes to that, it goes to that. But, I, you know, that's where he's going to suit best. And, you know, I, if I don't need to, I won't. So if I need to, then I will. The option's there. Yeah. It's International Fight Week, which means Hall of Fame, the great Michael Bisping. You come from the U.K., a land where he's king. How big of an impact on that scene has this man had? I think he had a huge impact, you know, especially when he won the titles. Like, so many more young people got into it. And I think a lot of people that are currently doing it realized that it was possible, you know, like a, that it's not just a sort of a dream and it could be done. So I think a lot more people got into it and it raised the stock of MMA in the UK. So, yeah, definitely. It was a huge thing. We're learning about you in the cage, 5-0 and in the octagon so far. What can we learn about you, the person? What's this Arnold Allen guy like outside the ring here? Uh, I like to eat, and I want to eat in and out after the fight. <laughs> in and out burger in the house. If you get a victory here, how far away are we talking this title picture at Featherweight? Uh, you know, a couple of years, the division, to your year, if I can stay active, three fights a year. Yeah, I, I could see, yeah, a year. Doesn't sound too bad. What do you like in the upcoming title fight? Max Holloway against the veteran Frankie Edgar. Uh, it's hard to go against Max Holloway, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Frankie Edgar is a good. It's a good matchup for him, Frankie. If he comes in like old school Frankie and puts the price pressure on him and takes him down repeatedly, yeah, I could see. Uh, uh, yeah, actually, yeah. Think about Frankie Edgar. About Frankie Edgar, yeah. All right, Saturday night, Arnold Allen's going to be in there with Gilbert Melendez. Can't wait to see what happens. Best of luck to you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. UFC bantamweight prospect Song Yedong. UFC 239, you're back this weekend, 3-0 and so far in the octagon. How are you feeling heading into this fight against Alejandro Perez? He said, you as a he's very excited. He appreciates UFC giving a chance to fight this card. He will give his best. You hear a lot of rumblings about you, just 22 years old, but you come into these fights to bang, to win, with the UFC expansion in China. How much is this right place, right time for you to be coming on the scene? 就顺其自然，我觉得应该会是这样。He say he don't feel too much influence because he been work hard a lot. He think once you work that hard, everything will just come into you by naturally. Yeah. Three and zero so far. You get a victory on Saturday. How far away are we talking the idea of this young fighter fighting for a world title? 他说你已经三连胜了，如果礼拜六这四场再赢的话，你认为你离冠军有多远？ Uh,我觉得如果这场我赢的话，我再打两场到三场的话，我可能如果再继续赢的话，再继续赢两三场的话，我可能会挑战很快，非常快。He say if he won this fight, and then if his body is good, if he perform in well, if he after this fight if he keep him winning two, three or four times, he think he got the chance to challenge the belt. If he goes smooth, he win all the fight.
A lot of fans just getting to know you. What can U.S. fans know about Song Yedong, the person outside the cage, in your journey to get to this spot? He said, "In America, many fans know you. How do you want to see the fans outside the cage? Not in the training room. In MMA, what kind of fans do you think you are? I think I am very open. 就我，所以我让他，我我想让他们认为我是一种就是比较活泼、比较性格开朗的人，就像我外号一样，功夫 monkey。He said he likes to give people good energy, good vibes. He want people remember as his name. His name is Kung Fu Monkey. So he want people as soon as people remember him, he's like he he remember a happy smile face, give good energy, like to train in martial art, enjoy the martial art lifestyle. Great, Uriah Faber told us off camera. Watch out for this man right here, Song Yedong, bantamweight division. He's coming UFC 239 Saturday night. Thank you. B Dubs, time to wrap this thing up. Great sound from Media Day. I'll give the UFC credit. You get your opportunities to get the big names, but fourth wall removed. It was hit or miss there on the idea of getting a John Jones exclusive behind the walls of the regular media area. You came through. Rashad Evans came through. UFC came through. How about that chat between Jones and Sugar Rashad? How good was it to hear that kind of love, knowing ahead of UFC 145 where that hate was? You know, it's just kind of one of those things where we talk about these fighters and how much they hate their opponents before the fights, but at the end of the day, if you have the courage enough to stand across from another man in a fist fight like that in front of millions of people, are you, is, there, is this person you're aiming this at me in terms of our sparring match, or are you just talking about John Jones? I don't. I'm trying to pick up your vibes. Well, no, I'm going to still hate you after our sparring match. So, no, but somebody like that who was your training partner, you've spent a lot of hours together, sweating it out, grinding through camps and everything. There's so much love and respect between those guys. Like, there's never there was hate at one point. But the hate's gone. Like they understand what what happened and why it was such a bad situation. They figured it out. They're they're so good together. It's just to hear Rashad say everything changed when he met John's mom and it got personal again and personal in a good way. You know, like you know they're they're just two two men and, and that's helped each other out a lot. To hear Jones talk about Sugar Rashad's legacy, about you know the role he played in the African American sports community and the the fact that I didn't know this. That Sugar Rashad landed a right-hand bomb during their fight at UFC 145. And Jones says, it's the hardest I've ever been hit. That's why I couldn't finish that man over five rounds. So that's it's very interesting, along with the always, always honest Sugar Rashad talking about, you know, Machida hit like a bitch until he finished him. You know, until the Machida <laughs> era started, though. We loved hearing that stuff. And uh, how about Luke Rockhold no, just straight up no-selling me on the idea of how sloppy his DMs are? You down with that? I feel like he no-sold you on a lot of things today. So. I mean, he's that dude. He's that arrogant dude. He don't have time for regular, you know, <laughs> regular folks like us. Where the, where the, uh, where the ladies at, right? Hey, man, shout out to him, though, getting that polo money because he was rocking that polo oh, yeah. today. Oh, yeah. He, he, he didn't want it, nothing to do with Ben Askren, surprisingly, for such a great quote. In and out, man. You know, he didn't like my idea of, of the nickname for his hair. The, the sperm perm? Come on. It's a little puby, you know? I got nothing. All right, all right. Uh, look, get 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 fired up because it's Saturday night. We're going to see a great card. We're going to see two title bouts. We're going to see that people's main event of Maz Vidal and Askren. 
Luke Rockhold's 205 debut. Pure hell and violence between Sanchez and Chiesa. I am fired up for it. We saw your your grown son, Peter Jan, during media day, just like we saw Coach Edmund. I mean, there are a lot of stars out there. Uriah Faber, man. Jiu-Jitsu. Jiu-Jitsu and, and his wife. Wow. Hey, all right. Well done there. Well done on this show. Please check out our content this week on CBS Sports slash MMA, our exclusive sit-down with Amanda Nunez, all that and then some Tall, pale, and handsome. I think that's how it goes. Uh, be wise. Uh, I, I, I pray for mercy on your soul through finishing out this Las Vegas trip. The carbs, the miles. Long days, bro. Tell me about it. I've been up since five thirty. <laughs> Still on East Coast time. And shout out to our brother Sugar Rashad Evans going in the Hall of Fame this week. Much deserved. We're gonna hear from him. Be on the lookout. For our instant analysis podcast, we'll record that after the fights on Saturday night. You'll have access to that on Sunday. For Sugar Rashad, for B-Dubs, it's your boy, BC. State of combat in your ear hole. That's what I'm talking about. Brandon, any message to the people? 